Oh, yes, yes, yes. I know somebody was waiting to hear that this morning. Somebody feels like that uh, knowing that the battle does not belong to them, but it's to the Lord. Mm, that's, the, that's, the, that's the key. That's the key. We want you to get up. We want you to lift your head up. We want you to stop your worrying, stop your fretting, and understand that he only wants to use you. Oh, my goodness gracious. Hallelujah. We bless God. Let us pray. Let us pray. Now, oh God, we thank you for this time that has come in our service, that we are going to break the bread of life with your people. God, we know that some have come this morning seeking you. They're thirsty. They're hungry for more of you. They've been looking high and low. They've been searching all over, but they can't find nobody that can do you, can do them like you can. And so right now, God, help us to stand and firm in our conviction, help us to, to speak boldly, boldly and courageously that which you have given us for this time and this season. And so we ask, so God, that we that you will allow the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts to be acceptable unto you, for you are our rock and our redeemer, and the church of the living God virtually and otherwise said amen amen and bless the name of jesus i pray that you all have enjoyed the uh the service thus far that your hearts have been lifted up and we pray that this morning that uh the word that god has given for this moment uh, is going to be something that will also uh, help you in your journey. And so the title we have given uh, to this uh, scripture this morning that I read for your hearing from Second Chronicles is, what do you do when your back is against the wall? And we are uh, promising to come uh, next Sunday with more of the same. Uh, but let us get started this morning. What do you do when your back is against the wall? Uh, that's a good question. That's a good question. And, and you heard, you heard our question that we posed to the congregation this morning. Uh, so what is your answer? Uh -huh. I bet if we took a poll, we would uh, hear various things, that, uh, various ways that people handle themselves when they're backs are against the wall. And, and you might say, what, what really uh, uh, does that mean, Pastor? Well, can we just say, you know, that uh, when you are in a bad position and you are in a state or a posture of struggling and you feel forced to, to do something to change your situation so that it does not result in failure or calamity. Uh, what do you do, Pastor Keith, uh, when your back is against the wall? Well, I believe that some of us try not to allow that uh, P word, panic, uh, to set in. Anybody ever try not to let panic set in, and you do your best not to let the pressure cloud your thinking or dim your judgment. Anybody ever had poor judgment when their backs were against 
against the wall. Uh, and, and can I just stop here and pause for a minute uh, and, and say here of late, uh, I have been acutely aware uh, uh, that there are at least two schools, at least two schools of, of thought on the subject. Uh, there is an answer that can uh, uh, be seen that has been derived from the culture and the environment in which we live. Come on, say amen, yes. uh, somebody. And then there's uh, another one that springs forth uh, from the biblical examples. Uh, I know, I know you have seen the world's answers uh, to our question uh, for when you find yourself with your back uh, against the wall. Lately, just lately, we have seen these scenarios play out uh, in various ways. Uh, I heard Pastor Keith pray about them this morning. Uh, uh, sometimes when you feel like your back is against the wall, uh, we, we see it being played out with mass shootings. Uh, and you could be in the grocery store. Uh, you could be just minding your business at work, uh, or maybe you even took a relaxing uh, day to go to the spa and get a massage. Uh, we've seen it play out in the streets when law enforcement believed that their lives were in danger and they perceived that there was an imminent threat or, or, or that they were losing or had lost control of a situation or a suspect, and they made the decision is that this is the day that you will die. Yeah, I've seen it, I've seen it, I've seen it play out in, in various ways. This, this world has already shown us, you guys, uh, that, that when your back is against the wall, you, you don't wait for divine revelation. You don't wait for the still small voice. Rather, you execute that uh, whatever it takes, uh, stays. Um, uh, how you take on the mentality that if I've got to lie, if I've got to cheat, if I got to steal, even if I got to kill somebody, I'm going to get beyond that wall. Amen, amen. Say amen, somebody. Oh, 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 oh we get it. We get it. I'm, I'm talking we, me, and Pastor Keys. We get it. We, we know the position. Oh, we, we know it all too well. Oh, don't, don't, don't get it twisted. We know when we, when, what it feels like to have our backs up against the wall. Uh, we understand when you have that close call uh, or when you've gone too far to turn back now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you are in the boat of life and when you look forward, all you see is water. And when you turn around, all you see is water. And when the storms of life begin to rage in your life and somehow it gets you to a place that we forget that Jesus is below the, in the bottom of the boat asleep. Oh, when, 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 when we are trying to figure out what path should I take or what path would I take or even what path could I take? 
Oh, we get it. We 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 get it. Uh, and at some point, uh, you might just say, "I quit." Oh, you just wanna give up, uh, yes. and you say stuff like, "Stick a fork in me." I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> yes. Anybody out there this morning have had to say every now and then, "Stick a fork in me." <laughs> I'm done. I, I I give up. I yield. I can't go any further. Hallelujah. But, 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 but how, how, how do you, how do you, how do you uh, handle it when your back is against the wall? Somebody will say to you, well, you just keep moving forward. And then you look around and you see that infamous wall that's behind you. And and you say to yourself, this is an impenetrable wall and it's thick as all get out. I can't get over it. I can't get around it and I sure can't go through it. Uh, can't you see that that wall is blocking my way? Yeah. Oh, yeah, but I came to tell somebody this morning that our walls can certainly be a part of our struggles. Uh, it's a part of our being. And, and when our backs are uh, uh, collectively speaking, I, I'm talking about when all of us look around and our backs are stuck up against it, uh, uh, we got to come to a quick conclusion uh, uh, that we've got to get God involved. Yeah. You, you, you may have tried to stand down at your wall. Maybe some of you stand there and figure if you look at it long enough, or, or sooner or later it'll go away. Come on, somebody. Uh, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe you just like the, uh, 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 the way that the, the three little pigs did, and uh, you huff and you puff yeah. at your wall trying to blow it down, and it fell yeah. over three pigs, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Y'all help me out. Help me out. Don't laugh at me. Don't, don't, don't write me bad, bad emails. Just, just say she needs help. It's been a while. But, but maybe, maybe, maybe some of you just try to brace yourself up against it. Uh, uh -huh. And since your back is already up against it, uh, and you try to dig in your heels and, and leverage your strength against it, uh, just trying to see maybe, maybe, maybe you can push it over. But, but to no avail. Let me just tell you a, a, a little story here, a little story here about having your back up against the wall. There is a famous, famous uh, uh, preacher, Bishop T.D. Jakes. So many of us know uh, his preaching and his ministry and, and, and where it is uh, today. That's, that, that, the, see, see, that's, that's, the, that's the bishop we know. Is the one we see today. That's the one we know, the one we see at the palace house, the one we know with the line around the building, the one we know with the parking lot that's overflowing. But but he tells us a story. He says uh, that, that, that uh, there was a time when uh, he had some walls in his ministry early on. Yeah. He says, I remember so well the early struggles that my wife and I had to go through what we had to face our, our struggles in our family and struggles in our finances uh, struggles in just our overall well-being while we were trying to build this ministry and they found their backs up against the wall uh, uh, Bishop Jakes recalls working a secular job that God had really uh, uh, called him to quit and go and 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 work full time in ministry, but but he felt like that was a pure joke, you know. Every now and then, God 
Just have some jokes. Uh, we all got stories when we be like, God, God is, God is funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But but it ain't that good funny. You know what I'm saying? It's that kind of funny where you be saying, God, are you real about what you are asking of me? Yeah. And he said, I was I was scarcely asked to preach anywhere that would offer me anything more than some pound cakes, a, a couple of jars of jelly. And if I was lucky, I would get some gas money to get home. I'm talking about Bishop Jake, somebody. And finally, finally, when he conceded and said, yes, I, I go, I sent me full time. He said it wasn't because I wanted to, but it was because the company that he worked for went out of business. And so he was forced to get out of his own comfort zone and, and land himself in the land of faith. He said, what a frightening experience to find yourself without. Uh, I'm talking about Bishop Jakes uh, that, that has a church of thousands and thousands of people. He says, uh, that was against the wall. Yeah. Uh, he said, but I was without. There was a time when I, I didn't have. And you uh, scratch your head and say, well, what was it, Pastor Jakes, that you didn't have? He said, well, can I tell you? I was without all kinds of stuff. I didn't have a job. I didn't have a car. And, yeah. and, and often every now and then we were forced to sit in the dark because I didn't have enough money to pay the utility bill. And, and often we would be hungry because I didn't have enough food to, to, to feed my family. My back was against the wall. I spent around doing odd jobs trying to feed two children and a wife. And all the while trying to look like uh, I, I'm, I'm too blessed to be stressed. Oh, come on. Come on. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But he says, I thought that God had forgotten me. My anybody, God. anybody oh, gonna confess this morning? Can I hear you confess this morning that when you sat somewhere in your in, in your chair, when you sat along the side of your bed, and you believe that the Lord had forgotten you? Know that you showed up every time somebody opened the church door, that every time it was time to say you opened your mouth, whenever it was time to usher you stood yeah. you walked around the church, and every time they called for something, you were done there, you were donating. Why you thought God had forgotten you? So can I tell you this morning, we Browns, we Browns tell you that after our backs have been against the wall more, more than a few times, uh, that whereas the walls uh, often keep bad things in our lives, uh, oh, but this morning I'm glad to know Hallelujah, that what we experience sometimes uh, is the very thing we need to show us that God can still move mountains, yes. and God Hallelujah. is the one who can cause the yes. walls to fall. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. somebody better say, y'all better preach this morning. Now, so what do you do when your back is against the wall? Can I get in the text just for a brief moment this morning? morning. Uh, because I, we want you to hear today what Jehoshaphat did. Uh, in case somebody listening doesn't know who our central character is in the text, uh, let me do a brief introduction and then I'm going to move out of your way uh, and let Pastor Keith come and tell you what he has to say. Um, you see, Jehoshaphat 
is the fourth king of Judah. And Jehoshaphat, he trusted God. He trusted the Lord throughout his life. And he himself is credited with removing a lot of that pagan worship from Israel. Oh, and Israel had a lot of pagan stuff going on. Yeah. He set up systems of judges and he admonished them to rule in a manner that would call faithfulness to their attention and to judge with an undivided heart. It was Jehoshaphat that appointed Levites. He appointed priests yeah. and family heads to handle the cases that came before them and to negotiate those disputes among the citizens of Jerusalem. Oh, somebody had to sit and hear what the people had to say and to some of the things um, that were going on in their lives. If we had a list, Minister Swan, uh, we would see that Jehoshaphat uh, would land on the good king list. Uh, yeah. But he didn't always make good decisions. Uh -huh. uh, hear me, somebody. Uh, you can be good, uh, but not always make good decisions. Uh, oh, somebody needs to hear me this morning. Uh, in other words, uh, Jehoshaphat uh, didn't always get it right. Uh, oh, that sounds like all of us. Uh, all of us, one time or another, we don't always get it right. Uh, we don't always dot every I. We don't always cross every T. Uh, and so it was with Jehoshaphat. He made some bad calls. Oh, yes, he did. Jehoshaphat set alliances with enemies, even though the prophet uh, Micaiah said, don't you do it. Uh, he married his daughter off to King Ahab. King Ahab uh, was the husband of Jezebel. Yeah, and you yeah. know she was up to no good. Yeah. So how could he do it? Uh, that stuff should have never happened. In Jehoshaphat's case, it was his own doing church that placed his back up against the wall. But what you need to hear what you really need to understand is that it was his next steps that made the difference. Come on, Pastor. Come on. And so I want you to know point number one, he fasted and he prayed. You see, when Jehoshaphat heard the news that these crazy folk were coming against him and were declaring war on him and they were marching toward him, the first thing he did was a call for a fasting and praying time. You see, Jehoshaphat's story, when it was told, was often wrapped in the miracles that God performed on his behalf. You all know how we are. We see that part of the scripture first. Although this is extremely important, we ask you to concentrate this morning on the first part of this series where we focus on what Jehoshaphat did to endear favor from God and to get the presence of God to him and his people. First, he called for a fast. It's another way of doing the three little pigs thing, the huffing and the puffing, so he can blow the wall down. So this wall was coming against him, a vast army, a huge problem. I know some of you have had, we're 
put it in our natural context. And he did not think he could defeat it. I've been there. I know what it's all about. And after calling for a fast and now being back in the corner, so to speak, and knowing that his back was truly against the wall, he lays out his case in front of God. In other words, he prays to God. Mm -hmm. He doesn't just babble like some folk who want to be seen do in front of God. But he humbles himself. Hallelujah. And he prays and earnestly prays and earnestly prays and earnestly prays to God. So people of God, we just want you to know that before we do anything, we must humble ourselves Seek God's face and pray earnestly. So now, now, now permit me, Pastor, I, just to paraphrase uh -huh. and look at this prayer in uh -huh. verses 6 through 8. See, he says, now, God, now you know uh, you are not the God up in heaven who, who rules over all the kingdoms of this earth. And, and, and don't you uh, have power and might which rests in your hands such that no one can defeat you? And did you not drive out all these previous tenants on this land who, who lived there before so that your chosen people in Israel could come and give, uh, and you gave it to your friend Abraham and his heirs forever? And then they, they lived in this land and even built an awesome worship center in your name. Didn't all these things happen? And then he tells God something he already knew. You know, because we all think we can tell God stuff that God is supposed to be listening to us because we have such uh, intellect. But, you know, God already knows everything, but he, he'll listen just to appease us. I know, I know it's out there. And so, so here comes Jehoshaphat telling God something he already knows when he says that if any kind of calamity comes on us, even if it is by judging us or by plague or by famine, we ain't got no food, we ain't got no water, we will still stand in front of your holy place and will cry out to you in distress. Why will we do that? Because we know that in our distress, hallelujah, you will, not may, you will, not might, you will hear our prayer, our cry, and, and but not only that, but you will save us from our enemy. That's a good word right there. You will hear us when we cry, and you will save us from our enemies. You will take our backs off the wall of fear. You heard Michael Jackson say we got to get off the wall. Uh, and we're going to take our backs off the wall of fear. You'll take our backs off the wall of failure. Yes, you'll take our backs off the wall. In fact, we know that when our backs are against the wall from our major problem, we know that you will rescue us from them. Hallelujah this morning. When your back is against the wall, you need to know that God will rescue you. So, you know, we, we, we told you this before, people of God, 
God must know that we earnestly trust him. He must know that we earnestly trust him. He must know that we are earnestly humble before him. And so we use the terms P-U-S-H, uh, uh, the principal where we said push, and, and it was then we called it pray until something happened. But well, now Pastor I had, had redone it, and she said, we got to pray until we shake heaven. I want somebody out there to be ready to pray until they shake heaven so that heaven can hear every issue, of every problem, of every concern that we bring to them when our backs are against the wall. Pray until we shake heaven, somebody. What else do you do when your back is against the wall? Well, look at verse number 12. Verse number 12 in the text says uh, that he pleads his case to God. Ah, uh, yeah, you got to plead your case to God sometime. That's our second point. You, you see, Jehoshaphat pleaded with God for his intervention. Some of us need an intervention. Y'all know how it is when you're going in the wrong direction or you're doing the wrong thing. You cause the wrong walls to get built up behind you. You need an intervention, something or someone who can take you out of what you were into. So you need an intervention. What about when your back is stuck against the wall? You got to plead your case. Some of us got to find God and plead to him. So Jehoshaphat pleaded, and again, I paraphrase, he said, now God, see, and I have to use this kind of language because that's how I talk to God sometimes. When, I, when I, my back is against the wall and I don't know what else to say, I get out of all of that proper stuff. I don't say, now Jesus, and now God, no, that ain't me. I'm now God. You see me out here. You, you know, I got troubles. I, 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 and I'm not trying to disrespect God. I'm just telling y'all that this is the language that I have to use so that God will hear me and that I will feel like he is listening to me. Uh, it, it's just my overall lamenting and whiny, wailing way about my condition. You know, I just got to get it out that way. So now, God, now hear me, Lord. Hear me, hear me, hear me. And, and Jehovah that fact said he pleaded with God with the, to take care of this invading wrongdoers that were in the land. And again, God, he tells God something he already knows. We don't have enough power to defeat this army. I don't have enough money to pay this bill. I don't have the right kind of, of things that I need to buy the food that I need. I don't have the right boss so I can do a good job where I am. I'm going to leave that alone. But that's the kind of stuff we bring to God that he already knows. And so God loves it when we recognize that we don't have all it takes to move the walls behind us. And when that happens, we're ready to surrender our will to his will. When that happens, we're ready to turn over our plans to his. So point number three, after you pleaded and you prayed, don't give up unless you're turning it over to God. You can't give up in midstream. You got to turn it over to him. To give up in a saving place 
is the safest place known to all. So Jehoshaphat concludes his prayer by saying, now our eyes, hallelujah, are focused. They are fixed. They are transfixed on you, God. That means nobody can fix it like you can. And so, people of God, no matter what state you find yourself in, you know, whether you're in pandemic or whether you got funny money in the strange change or you're crazy in your home life or you got crazy jobs or you got addictions or you got derelictions or you got predilections, you better focus on not some, but all of your attention on the one who is able to keep you from falling. Focus on the one who can take a sledgehammer to the wall holding you back. Focus on the one who is keeping you and is giving you life abundantly. You better focus on the power of God to rule your situations. Translation, no matter what comes or comes with me, keep your eyes and your faith and keep your hope and keep your trust on the one who can fix it all. Keep your eyes on God because he's the only one who can keep us when our backs are against the wall. Join us next week for part two. Amen.